ogni sera scrivo a mia madre che non voglio tornare. Sto troppo bene, le dico, prepara il letto solo per Natale. Che tanto prima non voglio tornare. Per quello che ho da fare, faccio militare. E non mandarmi nemmeno dei soldi, che qui non serve nemmeno verdi, tanto è uguale. Domani sera sono di guardia alla poveria. Scoccia un poco a dir la verità, perché è domenica sera. Ma non ci si può rilassare, i russi possono arrivare. Ognora! Ognora! E se ci portano via le armi, come facciamo la guerra, dimmi, coi bastoni? Eh? Io non lo so, io piango e Domani c'è esercitazione di tiro col cannone. Spariamo colpi che possono arrivare fino al Giappone. Si può stare a sparare in giro, in giro, in giro, in giro. Non siamo mica gli americani che loro possono sparare gli indiani. Fuoco gli indiani! Welcome back uh, to A Bold Scientist Under the Shower, uh, my radio show uh, broadcasting uh, uh, that I broadcast uh, the second, uh, every second uh, Tuesday of the month uh, is about science. Uh, this, this month, by the way, uh, will be the third, um, the third uh, Tuesday of the month. 
Um, and uh, today uh, we have as a guest uh, Marco Aiello, uh, expert uh, um, computer scientist, uh, expert in the in the magnificent world of the web, uh, author of a very um, great uh, book that we're gonna talk about it in a sec. Uh, hi, Marco. How are you doing? Hi, Francesco. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, yourself. Why are you here? Ah, by the way, sorry if I uh, interrupt you. Uh, we just uh, uh, listened to uh, Vasco Rossi, is an Italian uh, uh, very famous uh, singer. Um, and the song was talking about, uh, talks about uh, uh, a young uh, kid, who, a young guy who start to, uh, to do the military service. And uh, I, uh, I put this, uh, this track b- uh, for a... For, a very important reason that we would uh, we would uh, um, just get in a second thanks also to the expertise of uh, Marco uh, because our story today or our topic today is pretty much related at least part of it pretty much related to uh, to the to the army or to the to the, the to the army money um, uh, okay but uh, first thing first uh, I'm Marco uh, again <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about you Thanks. Um, so I'm a professor in, uh, at the University of Stuttgart in the south of um, Germany. I, I define myself as a European nomad. Um, I've uh, studied in uh, Rome, La Sapienza. That's where I got my engineering degree. Then I came here to Amsterdam to do my PhD at the UFA. Um, after that, I went to Trento in the north of Italy. Um, and from there to Vienna, where I got my habilitation. And then 10, 12 years in Groningen, back to the Netherlands. So I've uh, traveled around and enjoyed academia around in the, around Europe uh, with great pleasure. All places were as nice, or uh, culturally very different, yeah. and but all uh, special in some way and all in my heart. And uh, I moved recently to Germany, so now I'm discovering a new place and a new culture, and uh, I very much enjoy also this uh, new experience. Yeah. Oh, great. And uh, uh, so, uh, why the why did I why do you think I put uh, this uh, song? So what was the idea? Because actually, today we're going to talk about the web. Uh, but uh, as um, myself as well, I was pretty much confused um, about the difference between... So I, I know, because I'm an engineer, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, just fake, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was myself confused about the difference between the internet and the web. So what, first of all... Uh, internet is um so I, I actually you shouldn't be worried uh, i f- i hear my own colleagues often uh using the two words interchangeably okay um the web is a is an application it's an application that needs a network to work and it is so successful that people think of it as being the same thing as the internet um to to make a metaphor you can think of the internet as like a, a the road system highways uh small roads in towns and so on. So it's an infrastructure. The web, you can think of as a car, something that is driving on top of this infrastructure. Um, So the web is an application. You have a browser to look at it. You you can find information with it and uh, buy um, products. uh, um, And it works thanks to the internet. 
but they're two two separate things to some extent. They they need each other um, in different ways, but they're two separate things. Um, so often people say, "Oh, the web doesn't work," or "This is dangerous," um, or "The internet uh, is broken." But uh, the two things are actually um, separated to separate things, and also they have different origins. Yeah, about the origin, but but first, uh, actually, uh, I want to keep my my traditions uh, because first uh, I forgot to ask you: Was being a web expert, a professor in in uh, 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 professor computer science. computer science so i was right before good yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh was was your your uh, so-called uh, uh, dream since uh, your childhood um i think rather than a dream it was a destiny <laughs> um so my father was one of the first uh, electronic engineers in italy oh wow. uh, before uh, when he started the university there was only electrotechnic and then they started electronics while he was studying and graduating an electronic engineer uh, my mother was a mathematician and they met in a computer lab, one of the first computer labs in Italy, in Pisa. Uh, and then, uh, of course, they fell in love, and I was born. And so, to some extent, I had to continue the family tradition <laughs> early on. They were, I find them pioneers. That was the early days of computer science. It's good that you said this word, because uh, uh, the, one of the next trap, the track <laughs> is called Pioneer. Oh, okay, so perfect. So, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah well... It, it, Com- computer science is um, a young discipline, if you look at it uh, scientifically, compared to mathematics or geometry or physics, is is absolutely a kid. Um, so I think that people were engaging in computer research 50 years ago or were really pioneers. Um, we're still running very, very fast, but we're no longer pioneers. We know what we're doing, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and we're expanding quite a lot because uh, we can see how much computer science, informatics is pervading our society absolutely and we're gonna talk uh, at the end of the uh, radio show on uh, but, but by going back to my interest yeah, basically indeed. my my, yeah. my first personal computer was 1981 oh. um i was nine years old and i my mom got home this uh, texas instrument 9948 this is a personal computer which was <laughs> uh, compared to today a joke but back then was a nice thing and, and i could start uh, getting used to the computer to programming and and i enjoyed it very much and from there, it was my sort of Lego, um, my, where you could build things and make them happen. And, and, and I enjoyed it ever since. Um, I, I'm not sure I, um, the, the fact that I want to go to academia, but I was pretty sure that computer science was something I want to be involved in. Oh, great. Uh, Predestined. <laughs> yeah, uh, going back uh, on track. Uh, so you said, um, before I interrupted you to ask you about uh, your uh, childhood, childhood uh, dream, uh, that internet and web, they have two completely different uh, uh, history uh, or origin, you said. Uh, and this is linked exactly um, to the to the first track of uh, Vasco Rossi. What is the, the origin of the internet? Yeah, so, so the, the internet you can trace back to a, a large DARPA project. That is the American Defense Project. Um, it is also much older than the web. So we are talking about uh, the 60s. And... Um, and basically, there was a tender to build an infrastructure for telecommunication among computers, which back then were huge, very expensive machines. Um, I, I report a little bit about the history of the Internet in my book, but what is interesting to notice is that uh, some companies were skeptical and saying, no, this thing is not going to work. We, we will pull out. We will not even make an offer for this tender. And uh, in the end, it did work, and it uh, expanded quite uh, rapidly. So it was a, a large effort. There were many people involved. Some had a prominent role, uh, and there was a lot of 
money coming from uh, the defense government uh, at the beginning. So the the the, the com- you said the, the, a lot of company thought that it wouldn't work because they didn't think that thing could be shared or because it was too expensive or because yeah it was technical problems they thought the, the the kind of technology you wanted to use wasn't mature they thought it would cost too much i mean a computer back then was something like a million uh, euros of today um so you cannot think of putting a little router and, and sending around messages um so uh, yeah a number of companies uh, did um consider it not a um feasible a solution and not something to pursue uh, economically. Um and perhaps they were right because it took 30 years to actually make it really uh, profitable and interesting for the for a larger public. Um but it was it was quite um a pioneer work again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the, the the web? This this what about this car in your yes. metaphor? Um so the web comes much later. Uh, we're talking about late 80s early 90s. And uh, it doesn't come from a uh, consortium or a large project. Rather, it comes from a, a small project of one person. And, and, and this person is uh, Tim Berners-Lee, which is a scientist at CERN in, in Switzerland, at the um, Nuclear Research Agency. And um, he, he, he has a need to systematize information at CERN to help the researchers access the information. And he's fond of hypertextuality, and he comes up with his uh, proposal. And then he is uh, very active in sharing his idea and having other people develop with him, and it becomes uh, quite successful. But it's, it's a small hobby project which just blew up into <laughs> an incredibly large and successful system 30 years later. Oh, incredible. So, uh, but uh, was, was Internet already existing when... Uh... Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so basically, the original project of DARPA um, was uh, then uh, brought to uh, a larger number of, uh, of uh, actors. And Europeans uh, research centers starting to uh, join, I think, if I remember right, CWI here in Amsterdam was one of the first to actually be connected. And, um, and, and then at some point it became open access, so everybody could actually access this, this infrastructure. And in, by the end of the 90s, it is, uh, by the, sorry, by the end of the 80s, it is an infrastructure which is available at CERN, it's available at many universities across the world. And, um, and, and then people were already using mails, they were already using um, FTP, which is a protocol for exchanging files. Uh, they were remotely connecting uh, between um, machines. So the infrastructure was there and it was already... Uh, i mean, people in academia were used to it, especially um, scientists and computer scientists. And, and the web was a, a very successful system, but at the same time, in that moment, not the only one. Yep. Yeah. I stop you here because, sure. uh, <laughs> because this is uh, so also to uh, create a little bit of suspense. Sure. Because now we're going to uh, go with the second track. Uh, this is uh, uh, Renato Zero with uh, Rete d'Oro. And oh. obviously the... the The title is not uh, by chance because Rated Oro in, uh, in English, translated in English is The Golden Web. Questa rete d'oro adesso ha pescato noi 
dolci prede peccatori mai noi di questo mare noi la sola verità un azzurro complice è il segreto che ci unirà vuoi vuoi c'è una stella in cielo e giura non ci tradirà mai vuoi vuoi lasciami scoprire dove vanno i sogni tuoi io non sono ricco un nome è tutto quel che ho ma il mio corpo è forte e tu sei fiore ti proteggerò mentre il tempo dolce piano ci cancellerà dalle ombre della notte Un'altra luce ci raccoglierà, vuoi, vuoi. Vuoi, vuoi, prendimi, difendimi e poi ricostruirò un pianeta dove tu sarai poesia Welcome back to the to the second part of uh, uh, the bold scientist uh, under a shower. 
Uh, we are here uh, tonight with uh, Marco Aiello, professor in uh, computer science in uh, uh, Stuttgart. Um, so we, we um, start with uh, uh, giving you a little bit of uh, definition uh, about the uh, internet, the web. Um, and now we actually, um, so we, Marco, Uh, just uh, uh, before before uh, the end of the first part, just mention the existence of other, or at least uh, the web was not the only uh, car following the, his metaphor uh, within this highway of the internet, but there were other systems. Um, so the the the, um, the the previous track, the one we listened to, was called the the, the golden web, Pro probably because uh, the web. Is, is the only one that uh, ma made it. Uh, why the other systems? First of all, which are those other systems that competed with the, the web? Why they, didn't, they were not so uh, golden, let's say? Uh, that's, that's a very interesting question. Um, so I think it was a, it was a quite fervent time in, in that moment. Uh, hypertextuality, which was uh, defined in the 60s, had become uh, more of a mainstream topic. There were even conferences, European conferences, American conferences on hypertextuality. And then there was a number of systems that were implementing it in many different ways. Um, one, which was, I think, a direct... So for people, sorry, yeah, if I interrupt, for sure. people that don't know what hypertextuality is, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically it's the idea that you follow uh, some text and then you can jump somewhere else. So when you have a link on a web page, you follow the link and then you're not reading the full page in normal or in sequential order. Thanks a lot. Uh, of course. And, and, um, and, and basically, uh, there were more systems that were trying to uh, exploit this idea. Together with the web, one was uh, Goofer. Um, Goofer was uh, a, a project coming from an American university, and it was also uh, implemented so you could access, for instance, a library, or you could access other kind of information. And it, it's interesting that the web and Goofer were at the same time, and one made and one not. And one possible explanation for this is the, the, the model, the, the business model. Uh, so Goofer had the idea that they would license the technology, and university who wanted to use it had to pay a license fee. At the same time, the web was free, and you could expand it, you could write your own piece of software for it, you can uh, uh, use it as an information repository. So everyone could collaborate yes. in the web? You could collaborate and you could just get the specification, go home and build your own components. Uh, you could build your browser, you could build your server. So it, it was fully specified. And, and Tim Berners-Lee did a, did a great thing in uh, making it um, open source very early. So he convinced the, the, the managers at CERN to actually release this technology uh, to the world at no cost. And, and this was a, um, a very important move for the success of the web and a very wise move. Um, There were other systems. Another one which I'd like to mention is HyperCard. HyperCard was a software that came bundled in the Macintosh. And it also had hypertextuality as its core. And the thing that it had that was quite unique at the time was that you could compute inside these pages. So it were not pages. They were called cards. And inside a card, you could have uh, things that dynamically change, something that we're used to on the web of these days. But uh, late 80s was, uh, was quite advanced. So, so the web had features of simplicity and a, a model of open access and a free um, and liberty of expanding that, that were uh, 
unique and, and, and i think there's a lot uh, of the success of it that has to do with this uh, i also have to say that there were systems were not competing to with the web but were pre-existing so there's a, a very a very famous system which was demoed in 1968 which is called the online system and there is the first time that the computer science world saw a, a windows-based system with hypertextual features um, there was a demo at a conference in the United States, which is still known as the mother of all demos. It was one hour demo, impressive. You can find the whole demo, it's about an hour on YouTube. And if you look at it, it is obvious. It's obvious because with today's technology, we recognize everything we're doing today. But in 1968 was the first time ever that people had solved uh, such, a, such a system. Oh when people were still working with uh, punch cards and were still working with very simple terminals, uh, this guy, uh, Douglas Engelbart, which was the head of that project, came on stage and um, actually remotely uh, showed a system with uh, cut and paste, a, a mouse, uh, a pointer, and uh, video conferencing it to a, a large audience. So for sure, the web owes a lot to something like the online system of 1968. But... Uh uh, so I, I, I normally in, in, in everyday life, life I used to to think that uh, uh, there's always a compensation in things, meaning that if something uh, uh, is, uh, is 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 very simple and is very usable, have some some uh, uh, um, downside as as much as the other more complex that you were uh, describing should have some 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 good things i mean why why was yeah you explain why um for its simplicity for the fact that it was open source but uh so uh did the other system at some advantage some 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 uh crucial significant ab advantage that that probably the web lack um let me take it from a little bit different angle yeah um the web was simple and successful that that's uh no doubt is about that uh at the same time the web was so simple that so many things had to be fixed so in, in my book i actually make an analysis of the evolution of the web and say look all the things that we had to adjust um i call these patches because we, we were patching this original design of the web for features that were not there they were not um uh, they were not thought of uh, because it was a simple design uh, I, I go around and give talks about this book, and, and almost every time I get someone after the talk coming to me and says, uh, but it could only be invented by a, a, an amateur. The web could only be an <laughs> an amateur because otherwise it would have been over-designed like other systems. Uh, Xanado is a, is a good example of that. And um, it wouldn't have made it. I stop you here. You are a great guest because you always <laughs> say the right word to make, uh, hopefully, our audience uh, very curious. Because uh, um, this is exactly uh, what our next uh, part will be. Uh, and indeed, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, the a bit more uh, profoundly, uh, a bit more deeply about the, the book of uh, Marco, uh, entitled, uh, indeed, as he was uh, uh, kind of mentioning, the web was done by amateurs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it in a while. Before, uh, I'm going to, uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy this song from uh, Sondre Lerke, a Swedish artist, uh, which is also linked to the fact that most of uh, the, the scientists, computer scientists you mentioned, 
won this Nobel Prize. I mean, the the the, the equivalent. equivalent or corresponding of the Nobel Prize for computer science. But we're gonna talk about this later. And the the song has already um, announced before is uh, called Pioneer. Welcome back to the bold scientist under the shower. We, um, as every time, we thank uh, Radio or Radio on the Italiana that uh, uh, every time uh, uh, give us uh, the honor uh, to host our radio show. Uh, we are here with uh, Marco Aiello, um, and we uh, just we're just talking about. Uh, um, The, the 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 great uh, as i uh, call it before golden uh, web of uh, the web uh, 
Um, and uh, he also wrote a book about it called The Web Was Done by Amateurs. Uh, you were inspired by uh, someone? Yes, uh, yes. Um, so actually, th this is not my sentence, it's a sentence of Alan Kay. Um, Alan Kay is a, he was really a pioneer, he is a pioneer still alive. And um, he um, is someone who uh, envisioned personal computing and a way of, of building programs, which we still use today, uh, back in the 60s. So he was definitely a pioneer. Uh, in 2003, he was honored by the ACM Turing Award, which is... Um, basically what the computer scientists, uh, the maximum award they can aspire to, and we consider our Nobel Prize, if you wish. And, and, and before I say more about Alan Kay, let me also say that this prize was something that also Tim Berners-Lee received last year uh, to honor his contribution uh, with the web. And also Douglas Engelbart, which I mentioned before with his mother of all demo, uh, received um, about three years ago. Turing was the inventor of computer, right? Uh, Turing was there, there was a nice movie. I watched it. Uh, yes. Very nice. Movie. Very nice. Movie. Very nice. Movie. Yeah, uh, he, he was a mathematician and he envisioned a lot of things uh, about uh, computing and basically the, the 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 models of the basic universal model of computation, um, and uh, so the, what is called Turing machine uh, also today. So he he was an, an uh, incredible scientist. He's also one of the pe people who defined. Uh, a um, gave a definition of artificial intelligence. He was talking about machine intelligence back at his time, and uh, but he basically defined what artificial intelligence is. And once again, it was uh, a, a military project. Actually, apparently, I mean, according to the movie, yeah. uh, thanks to his machine, uh, the the the, the uh, alliance uh, won the. The, yeah, the so he, Second World War. He, he he had a, a crucial contribution to understanding how uh, to break the uh, cryptid message of the enemy, uh, and that was very important for uh, winning the war. One of the major contributions for sure. So yeah, to honor Alan Turing, that's how the 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 prize, the most prestigious prize you can win in computer science is. And as I said, Alan Kay is one that did win this uh, this this award, and uh, and is someone who speaks his mind very freely. And uh, in an interview five years ago, he's... Uh, so, sorry, sure. and of course, is, uh, so the web is his uh, main competitor. So Competitor to what? The, to, to his system. Uh, no, 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 no. It uh, was not the inventor of this 68... No, 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 no. That, that was uh, Douglas Engelbart. Okay, sorry. That's another generation. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, that, sorry. So, but uh, the, the interesting thing is that Alan Kay was in the audience of that demo in 1968. Ah, okay. He was a young... Uh, I think he had just finished his PhD. He goes okay. to this conference and he's uh, absolutely mesmerized by this demo and then goes on to work for a research center, uh, Xerox Park in, in Silicon Valley. And... Uh, He's part of a number of projects which try to build that system. And a lot okay. of our modern computers, our modern personal computers, Windows-based, come from um, the research lab where he was and in turn from this uh, mother of all demos. Okay. Um, but so he, he's someone who speaks his mind and he can do it because he, he absolutely has contributed so much to our, to our discipline. And five years ago, he released an interview to uh, Dr. Dobbs' journal and he said, something that I found uh, uh, astonishing at the point. He said, the, the internet is so beautiful, it's like a natural resource, it's like the Pacific Ocean, it just scales naturally. And then he says, the web in comparison is a joke. The web was done by <laughs> amateurs. 
and, and, and you know, it stayed with me, stayed with in my mind for a while. And then at some point, he's right. <laughs> it was done by amateurs, and you can see it because for thirty years we had to fix things here and there. So you just just out of curiosity, you never thought about it before. So you you take the web for granted or something. No, no, I, I, I mean, the web came in my lifetime, so it's something that I've seen from nothing, and I, and, and I was an early user, if you wish, and I started contributing to it in about 95, I already was active on it. And, but after reading that sentence, it was like, it's, it's right, I've been working to fix these, <laughs> these problems for the last three years of my life. And, and, and he's quite critical because he does not like the fact that the web has uh, loosely formatted text, is... It's not well defined what an interaction between two components is. So he would have liked to see a system which was with a clean design, which is his style. He he likes clean design, which you can understand what's going on. And he sees this thing called the web, which is very successful, and it has a lot of issues. Um, so th that sentence triggered me to to actually reflect and say, let, let's see if he's right and why he's right. Mm. And and then I, I went back and looked at the, at the history and evolution of the web. And... Um, there's a number of reasons for which one can say, yes, it was done by amateurs. And there's a number of things you say, yes, over the last three years, we've been fixing this hypertextual system to bring it towards a computational system. Uh, the example, that, the, the basic example is cookies. Cookies we still use today. You go on a web page, you get the thing, do you want to accept the cookies? Basically, the cookies came very early in, in the web history. The first time that a company said, we want to do e-commerce, We want to sell products on the web. So can you just define a little bit briefly what a cookie is? Um, yeah, so a cookie is a little bit of information that um, the person, who's, the, the company who's giving you a service wants to put on your machine. Uh, it does that so it can um, know the state of your machine. So you're buying something, it has to know that it's you as a user, that you've uh, selected a specific item that you want to buy, like a book, and then you will pay for the book that you selected. And the original web had no provision for this because technically it's called stateless. It was stateless system. You went from one page to another independently of your search history or your browsing history. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard to do uh, something like a session in which you choose something, you pay for it, and you get a, a confirmation of delivery. So cookies come actually from a, uh, a customer of Netscape, uh, 1994, if I am not mistaken, And, uh, and basically, we still have it more or less as it was defined in 1994 because we still need it. And, um, and there's more examples, so JavaScript, Java, um, Flash. So all patches, all things we had to put on top of the web because we needed to have more capabilities, things which were, I think, not envisioned when it was designed. And in and, and case, um, criticism is... The web of today is still not a uh, well-defined computational infrastructure. We are using it as such. Um, today, the web is used as by humans and by uh, software robots, by systems uh, that need to uh, do operations on behalf of humans or just need to acquire information. Um, but it's still not a well-designed uh, computational infrastructure. So actually... Um Could those other uh, systems uh, be uh, more ready for all those new developments? So could it be easier changed uh, compared to the web? 
Well, I, I, I think that each one of the other systems which were competing or proceeding, each one had a special feature. Um, so I, didn't, I don't think there was one which was globally better, but rather each one had something which was interesting. So Xanadu, which is 1960, had a very good definition of what a nightprotectural system is. Uh, basically, links had to be uh, followable both ways. You, could tra- you had to be able to trace back a link. Um, you had an notion of a transclusion, which meant a piece of text is actually borrowed from another uh, piece of text. And in, in, in the proposal of Xanadu, there was even a copyright and a micropayments to take account that you were taking um, text from somebody else. Um, so Xanadu, for instance, from the hypertextual point of view, has a very nice and clean design. Um, but from the computation, also did not have any, anything uh, relevant. Hypercard had a much better model of uh, um, a, a notion of a state, a notion of a computation tied to the navigation of its assistant. At the same time, had nothing about distribution and connection and networking. Um, Golfer was pretty much similar to the web in many aspects. So I don't think there was one better system. Uh, rather, there were features and uh, things that were designed in a, in, a, in, a, in a careful way in many other systems. Um, I do think that the web came in, in the right moment. It was in the right moment, the right place. And, uh, and then the, the, the great effort of Tim Berners-Lee to uh, make it uh, uh, popular, successful, open, uh, gave it that final boost. And, and we, can, we can see, if you look at the growth of the web over the last 30 years, um, next year we're celebrating 30 years of the web, um, it has been exponential ever since. The exponential growth has slowed down a little bit recently, but it's still an exponential growth. So we went from five pages in 1989 to, I think now we're over the billion pages. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so uh, I, found, I find uh, uh, as nice as controversial this, this title. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, did you have problems publishing the book just for this very controversial uh, uh, title? Um, I, I wouldn't say problems, but uh, for sure uh, some publisher um, were a little bit uh, <laughs> careful <laughs> careful about the title. Um, so I, I did approach some and, uh, uh, and some were a little bit, uh, um, well, saying this is not the type of... Uh, of, 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 of uh, text that we usually publish. Um, but in the end, I, I went to Springer uh, to, to, with, with my idea, and they were enthusiastic, so they were not too afraid about the title, and they understood the, 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 the message of this book, uh, which, is, which is a popular science book. Exactly. So, so what, what, what the book is about, uh, Marco? What, uh, what the, our audience, uh, uh, people that are listening to us, can, can uh, uh, understand better? Uh, by reading your book, so the the, the book has a, 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 a first historical part. So the first historical part, I'm trying to put back all the components that brought us to the web of today and say, okay, what was there? What, what happened to the internet? How did the internet evolve? How far was the internet uh, when the web appeared? Then I try to look at other systems before the web, like as I mentioned, online systems, Xanadu, and so on, the ones competing with the web. And, and this is the first part of the book, so we can reconstruct the history, uh, which otherwise in literature is a bit scattered here and there. Uh, and then the second part is more looking at evolution. It's like, how do we start from a very simple web with a very simple um, protocol uh, attached to it to a massive computational system as you have today? 
and I mentioned this notion of patching it, of uh, bringing uh, mm -hmm. uh, new ideas, of improving it, which is a constant evolution. And, and the final part of the book, I try to um, understand and, and think of uh, what, what made it successful, what makes a, a system successful. So part of my reflection is to try to, to understand um, if there are, is there a competition, there's a tension, if there's a need for a system, what makes one win and prevail over the other? Mm. And I, I cannot say I have a final answer, but I have a number of indicators which have uh, um, definitely played in favor of, of, of the web. Um, so it, it was great fun uh, to, to write this book because it, it forced me to, to read back and look <laughs> at the, the, the history. I also found that some of the things I thought I knew were not completely correct. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then perhaps can be also, um, generalized. So say, you know, a system can be successful when, um, mm -hmm. it comes at the right time. It is simple. Yep. It's adoptable. Yep. There's a huge community behind the web. The amount of people who contribute both from the content side and from the technical side is, is astonishing. It's, it's, it's a global phenomenon. And, and this is essential for, for the web as it is and how we use it. Thank you very much, uh, Marco. Uh, now we're gonna uh, uh, proceed with the next uh, uh, song, which is actually a duet <laughs> between BB uh, King and Eric Clapton. Clapton, a very famous uh, uh, song, actually the, the, the most famous probably uh, song from BB uh, King. The thrill is uh, gone.
The thriller's gone away for good I said the thriller's gone, baby The thriller's gone away for good I know I'm gonna be over it all one day, baby Like I know a good man should dying i don't want to fade it out but yeah we have to <laughs> okay this was the thrill is gone from bb uh, king uh, but in this particular version was uh, together with uh, eric clapton um is it gone the thrill marco of the web of course that's what we are talking about so what is so in, uh, in other words what is the Uh, the, the the future oh, um, I mean uh, is are there problem um, so are people afraid uh, are software <laughs> afraid about the web um so I'm not sure the thrill is gone but for sure there's some concerns um, you should just read the, the the media you find more often discussion about oh what about privacy um, people know so much about other people, what they're doing, what their taste is, uh, and so on. So uh, clearly there's more concern and more awareness of what it means to, to use an infrastructure like the web. And not only use, also abuse. Uh, because we had examples mm -hmm. uh, in, in the past how the, this infrastructure had been abused for, for instance, political reasons, economic reasons, and so on. So for sure there is a, there is a concern uh, that uh, hinders the, the, the thrill with the web. Um, in addition, we also see a trend in which more and more of the web is actually now channeled through applications, through apps through your phone. Mm -hmm. So if in the old days you would um, open a browser and just go from one web page to another, 
uh, now you have a rich set of application of apps on your phone or your um, other devices that you use. Um, this is a bit of a concern because it means that this free open uh, system network like the web is, is now uh, to some extent controlled by the companies who control those apps. And the two strongest players here are Google with its uh, Play Store and Apple with its App Store. Uh, basically, they can decide which application gets published and which not. Mm. Uh, they have a saying in the ranking of this application. So to some extent, they suggest which application should be um, um, favorable or most likely to be downloaded. Uh, so Tim Berners-Lee himself has actually uh, manifested uh, worrisome about this phenomenon because the big companies are taking over to some extent. Um, so the, the, the thrill is... is uh, is not gone, uh, but we have to be careful in how uh, the web evolves and how uh, the future is, is used. Because these uh, concerns about privacy and uh, and opinion manipulation are absolutely legitimate. There, there is uh, right concerns about about this. All right, so you scare me a bit, uh, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, this this freedom, open source, everything, brothers and sisters, now. It's not anymore. I mean, this is probably no, the I, I, don't, I don't think that the, that the problem is, is in the open sources. Is more no, no, I see now in, in the, the sense. The, the use that uh, yeah, some no. people try to exploit uh, a system because the economic values uh, at stake are really high. Yeah. So, of course, there's huge money to be made and uh, huge uh, advantage to be taken. Yeah. Uh, when, when you can uh, vehicle information to a billion people potentially. Well, that's a lot of people yeah. you can try to convince of something. Yeah. So the web has to change somehow, has to uh, take uh, some... some. Uh... It's an evolving system. It's, a, it's an evolving system. If you look at it through the years, it has changed incredibly. At some point, we were talking about web 2.0, like social web. Uh, these days, it's more computational web. So it is something that it changes one year from the other. Um the future evolution is not clear what it will be, but it will evolve. That's the only thing I'm, I can say safely. It will be different. Um, our information system, our, our, the system we use, need an information infrastructure. Um, if you think of the personal assistants of today, uh, Alexa, Echo, Siri, they need the web to acquire information to um, find a flight for, for you, find a train, find information about a concert, um, find a product that you want to buy, um, connect to some device that you have in your home. So that infrastructure has to be there. Um, but what it will look like is not clear. Maybe it will not be an hypertextual system anymore. Um, it is likely that we will interact with whatever future web we will have, much less in terms of uh, a window inside a computer, a point and click or touch and click, and much more, for instance, um, by voice, by just talking and, and, and expressing our queries or requests by voice. So I, I, I do believe that we will have a, an infrastructure, a web-like infrastructure, uh, with uh, information provided by many, many different parties. And I do believe that um, we will access it in, in, in a multimodal way, uh, even more than what we're doing today. And we will be doing that both as humans and both as pieces of software. So basically, assist software assistance, robotic assistance, uh, they will use the web to do services, useful services, hopefully, uh, to us users. Thank you very much, uh, Marco. It was, it was a great journey. 
uh, unfortunately uh, the time uh, uh, time is up so we have to uh, conclude and we we're gonna do it with this uh, uh, song called the social network you you talk about the web 2.0 and the social networks the social, social social platform and this is a song by davide dirosolini which will be our guest in december or january uh, is, a, is also a friend of mine who came last year already it was super fun uh and uh, i thank you very very much marco it was was great uh, you came uh, uh from actually uh, stuttgart thank you very much hopefully i'm going to see you again with uh, your new book i don't know probably <laughs> thank you thank you but, for having uh, me so i would warmly suggest uh, the the of course the uh, book of uh, marco aiello the web was done by amateurs and uh, yeah see you next time uh, marco Bye. Uh, thanks uh, again to Radio Onda Italiana uh, to, uh, for hosting us uh, once again. Bye. See you next uh, month. Di solito non accetto mai così tutte le richieste, l'amicizia. E beh certo, devo dire che con te è stato diverso, per via della tua bellezza. Ho guardato le immagini del tuo profilo, io più cliccavo e più mi innamoravo. Ti piace farti tutte le foto dall'alto con qualche fotoritocco ed il muso così. Lavora presso ospedale. Beh, certo, ci credo, poverina, sarà per via di quella paralisi facciale. Ti ho scritto mi dispiace come commento, ma tu hai messo mi piace ed io tutto contento. Poi è iniziato l'amore, il nostro amore. Ciò è chattare come per 5-6 ore il nostro amore è un social network nato vissuto è morto tutto su facebook il nostro amore è una relazione complicata ma fidati non ti ho ancora incontrata ed anche se adesso siamo fidanzati ufficialmente tu dimmi come cacchio faccio viaggiare a toccarti finalmente ho pubblicato la foto dei miei galli alla mano ti ho taggato ma hai scritto sì mi sa che è il caso che usciamo ma all'appuntamento tu non sei venuta ed un 